Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we've been away for a couple of weeks. I don't know about you, but sometimes you need a vacation, clear the mind, get everything back in order. And I was on mental burnout mode, so took a couple of weeks and we're back at her again. Want to give a huge shout out to the sponsors of the show, Muskoka Spray Foam Insulation. If you need your home spray foamed, check out msfi.ca. And last but not least, check out Highland Customs, your vision built custom Sitting side by side, that's my man right there. That's Kyle Outridge. Kyle, how's your day treating you? Hey, my man. Glad to be back on. Uh, got a little break in there, and uh, it's been a good one. Excited to get back talking hockey. And, of course, we have the lady of all ladies sitting down. Oh, wait, we don't. She's not here. Obviously, the snooze button has been in play. Jen, when you hear this, I know you're going to get a chuckle out of it, but we miss you, and we thought we were sitting back down as one big family around the table today. Not happening. But me and Kyle have a lot of topics to get to. Been a couple weeks, obviously. We haven't really talked much about the Maple Leafs or anything else going around hockey. So we're going to jump right into it, folks. Hope you enjoy. Sit down, kick back, relax. Here we go, Kyle. Initial thoughts when the Toronto Maple Leafs went out against the Columbus Blue Jackets so many moons ago. Oh man! Well, like you said, it seems like it's, it's, been, a, it's been a year since it happened. But uh, I mean, a tough one. Eh? Another, another tough. Uh, you know, I guess you can't even call it a first round loss because we didn't even get the first round. So um, another tough, a tough year. Another uh, high hopes and uh, and just no no success. So uh, I mean. Uh, Listen, for, for, for me, you know, I took a break, obviously, because you look at social media, and here's the thing. Social media can be great. It can be amazing. You see how Leafs Nation comes together in the good times, and sometimes, even in the good times, there's still a few bad apples in the bunch. But you look at when the Leafs go out. It is the absolute most toxic place you could possibly be. And if you're already on mental burnout mode, looking at the tweets and reading everything, it is absolutely just vicious. So everybody, I, I want to say thank you very much to so many people who reached out via DM or text me or called me just to make sure that I was still alive. It was pretty cool, you know, that people actually care that much about this little show. But, um... You know, I had to take the break. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And to think about this, Kyle, you look at the season. It started off, you start talking about the Leafs probably in September of last year. And now we're sitting in August and the Toronto Maple Leafs were playing. And they, you know, if they were to go through this whole entire playoffs, say they won the Stanley Cup, made the whole bells and whistles, they would be right back at it again. So you're talking about going from September of 2019 until June or July of 2021 straight of hockey minimal break so there was going to be a pause for the cause for everybody but I look at this Toronto Maple Leafs team and I'm not as cynical as everybody else I look at this as a unique situation the Montreal Canadiens were not supposed to go as far as they were you know that team was a ragtag bunch of guys they sold at the deadline they lost Ilya Kovalchuk the whole nine yards they weren't supposed to go that far so you look at this whole thing it was a tournament and that's exactly what it was and if you got into it and you were a hot hand you were going to win are the Toronto Maple Leafs built to win well we're learning maybe they're not and obviously the moves we'll get to here in a little bit are starting to indicate that but what I saw from this series was the fact that Austin Matthews can will this team to win John Tavares can will this team to win. Mitch Marner 
needs to figure out what's going on with his mental gaps. That's the thing that I got going on. Now, I'm not going to say trade him, and I'm not going to sit here and bash him, but when you come out during important parts of the season or the playoffs and say, no, I didn't show up for game one, or thought oh, I took that game off, you know, the comments that he makes, it really drives my gears to hear a guy say that. Because then that means what we're saying as fans, that these guys are taking steps back and taking time off or not being, you know, mentally there, they're checked out. That means that it is happening. That we're right about what we're saying. And as fans, we don't want to hear that. We don't want to know that because we don't want you to be like, yeah, you know, uh, I wasn't in it that game and I really, uh, yeah, you know, I didn't didn't come to play tonight. It's like, well, excuse me. You're making $11 million. You should definitely be making the effort to get her done. And I don't know what it is. Maybe Mitch, you know, just didn't feel this situation. But I'm going to tell everybody right now who's listening to this, from all reports and everything that I've heard, it's looking like if it keeps going with COVID, there's going to be four hub cities. So buckle up and get used to hub city life. Because that's what it's going to be. Hub City, baby. You're going to be in it. You're going to live it, breathe it, and be a part of it if you want to play and get paid. Yeah. So, I mean, I look at it like that, man. That, that That's where I'm at with it. I, I'm not as cynical as some people. There are players on this team that obviously Kapanen didn't fit in. We'll break down that trade soon. But you look at Marner, he needs to deliver. You look at uh, Kyle Dubas's comments about the defense and how he would clone Jake Muzzin. Notice he didn't say Morgan Riley. So is there something to what I said before about Morgan Riley possibly wanting out of this city? Maybe not wanting to sign here because of what's going on and how the team's not winning? I don't know, man, but if you're coming out and you're you're saying you're newly signed four-year guy, Jake Muzzin, I would clone him, but the guy who's been your stalwart put up 70 points not too long ago and has been a great defender for your team. You don't mention him in the same breath as that guy. I'm wondering what's happening. Well, and, and, and I mean, there's tension, clearly. You can, you can see it. You can feel it. Whether it's, like, you know, a major tension or just, you know, tension from over for the end of the season. We all know there was a, a little bit of an outbreak in the locker room after the, the last uh, game against Columbus and stuff like that. So, um, I mean... And, and there, there should be. I mean, there should be some guys that should be uh, very butthurt, I guess you could say, and pissed off with how things went. Um, you know, like like you, like you said, like those John Tavares, Mark, Mitch Mark. At the end of the day, you can say, you know, I had a bad game, things happened, things didn't go my way, but you, like, you are the driving force of this team. So if you guys can't get it done, then you can't rely on the next six, the, the, the next two lines to get it done after. You know what I mean? Um, you guys drive the team. Yes, you're going to get the better matchups. Yes, you're playing the tougher guys. Yes, you're you're going to get the the, lo- the larger minutes. But you know, at the end of the day, that's why you get paid those big bucks, and that's why you get to do what you do. Um, so to have them kind of go quiet and just not really, you know, take over a game as you would see some other guys have, um, it was definitely uh, definitely uh, a piss off, I guess, for the for lack of better words. But um, I mean, at the end of the day, things have to change, and now we're at that point. And uh, I mean, would would I be mad at Mojo for for uh, for checking his options out elsewhere and maybe think he'll be thinking of other options? No. Um, I mean, he's been here since since it all started, and you know, he's he's felt the disappointment, and he's put up with a lot of ridicule. So I mean, it's just it goes back to the same thing with Dave Gardner. Sometimes you just need a fresh start in a new place to to get things going. Now, is that what I want to see? Heck no. I love Morgan Riley. Um, having number 44 is, is one of one of the greatest things watching a league game, watching him fly up and down the ice. So um, to see him go would be would be a big blow, especially to our to our 
blue line that already needs work. And um, I mean, it's just it's tough. And you know, now you're in a sticky spot because now you're you're trying to read people and trying to read a situation that we really have no no idea about. Um, we know what Dubas has said. We know who's on the block. We know who who they want to move and who they've already moved. So, I mean. When you look at everything at the end of the day, there's more pride. I'm sure he's probably got some ideas of thoughts of trying to move or trying to go. But, I mean, these guys have all, have all committed to it, right? So, I mean, it's up to Dubas now to give them the pieces to do it. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit more of a building curve, unfortunately. I don't think we're over that little hurl yet. But um, we definitely have to be competitive. And then these guys all want to be competitive night in, night out. So, um, you're not going to hear them give you that sob excuse that I didn't show up to play, but uh, they're definitely going to have to show up to play here going out, and uh, Dupas has got to find some guys that will be able to play with them. So uh, it'll be interesting. Well, my thing here is you look at this squad, and the problem that I have is obviously it hasn't gotten it done, but the defense needs to be addressed, and obviously I think they're going to be able to do that this off season. But I like what Kyle Dubas said, and I like the fact that he got his back up a little bit and actually kind of laid his nuts on the table and said, hey, I know how to build a team a different way. I don't just know how to build a team one way or a certain way. I can do it a different way if I have to. And he wanted to build this team the way that he's built all his other teams. But everybody needs to stop and pump the brakes for a second. You have Kyle Dubas who came in, inherited Mike Babcock, tried to work with Mike Babcock for a better part of two seasons, didn't work. Now he has the coach he wants in place. Give it a full season under this regime and see what happens between Dubas and Sheldon Keefe for a full season. We've seen positive strides in this squad underneath Sheldon Keefe. But my big problem is you keep wanting to add leadership to this team, but what you do in adding that leadership is you do it for such a short period of time. You look at the positive impact Patrick Marlowe had, and it was only going to be for three years maximum, but he was there for two. But he was a positive role model, a great guy. You look at Matt Martin, another player that was another guy that got that group to gel together and, you know, just held it together like a father figure. Now you got Jason Spezza in there as the older statesman, but you brought him in for one year. I think they need to find a veteran to hitch their wagon to and have him there for multiple years. And I think with the new CBA agreement where guys 35 plus do not count to your cap if they retire will now open that window for some teams to sign these guys. But I think what they need is some guys of the older ilk to keep the younger guys in check. Because I was, I was at a barbecue on the weekend for a birthday party for my daughter. And, you know, everybody brings up hockey. So we are talking about the Leafs. And what was brought to me was these guys here, the media and all the attention and all the focus is on what is Matthews wearing. What music is he listening to? What is he doing socially? What's Mitch Marner doing socially? Not what they're doing on the ice. That is not always a huge topic. You look at when they walk in, it's always, oh, that's from GQ, or that's from this shoot, or that shoot. It's it's all that kind of thing. I think you need, and John Tavares maybe was supposed to be this guy, but I think he leads on the ice and not behind the mic or in the, you know, the face of the camera. So you need a guy like a Patty Marlowe, or a Jason Spezza, but you need him long-term so the guys know, hey, this guy's here, he's going to work with us, he's going to help groom us and bring us along, and everybody can say, all oh, these guys are professionals, they know what they're doing. No, they're young. I don't know about you, but when I was 25, 24, 23, 22, 21, you name it, I wasn't able to be that stable and have millions of dollars and just be able to, oh, i got to focus on my job. I was all over the damn map. 
I was having fun with friends. I wanted to go party. I didn't sleep right. I didn't yeah. eat right. So you look at those things and you look at how young these guys are. And no, it's not an excuse, everybody listening. Just pump your brakes for a second. What I'm saying is they need the mentorship in there. They need that and they don't have it steadily. You have a different voice. Like I said, you have Babcock. Then you had Marlowe. Then you have Spezza. But you have nobody there long term. So you need a veteran there long-term. I hope they sign Kyle Clifford long-term. I don't think they will due to the cap constraints. But, you know, you look at the ifs and the whats and the buts and the nuts. They're on the board. Kerfoot's out there for trading. Andreas Janssen. Freddie Anderson's out there. So I'm asking you, Kyle, right now, you look at those names that are on the wall that can be shipped out. Do you see them moving another core... I wouldn't say core piece. Another piece of this team that we've come to like. Kerfoot... I don't want to see go. Andreas Janssen, I'm on the fence. You know, it's okay. Freddie, don't even get me started. You move him, then you might as well be going back to what you've been experiencing before he got here, which is the biggest goalie carousel you've seen in the entirety of the NHL since Eddie Belfour walked out the door. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, a Leaf fan, I mean, since back in the old days, it's been, it's been hard to find a, a person that, or a player that's... Uh, Stuck around long term and had a had a long term career since those old days, but I mean, I, you definitely gotta find somebody to be that leader, that that uh, that voice of reason, that that father figure, whatever it might be. Patrick Marlowe filled that role the one year, um, you know, uh, Jason Spezza. But you gotta give him some longevity. You can't just expect a new guy to come in and do it every year. Um, now, as far as the core pieces and, and all that. I don't think we're done seeing uh, big names or, or household names, as we call them, whatever you want to call them, uh, moving. I mean, I think um, as, as the rumor mill started, Freddie's been reportedly put on the block or he's up for, for trade. Um, I mean, and I, I believe at this point, Kyle Dubas is taking taking phone calls on anybody and everybody because, I mean, he'd be pretty stupid not to be. So, I mean, uh, are we then seeing core pieces moved out of, out of Toronto? Not necessarily. Um I mean, a Kerfoot, I, I, a Kerfoot, I mean, he, he, he showed his worth. That guy played outstanding in that little mini tournament. And, I, I mean, you, you noticed him. He was all over the ice. He was blocking shots, getting things done on, 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 the, on the penalty kill, all that stuff, right? So, um, I mean, it's, it'd be sad to see one of them go. You never want to see one of them go. But, you know, how many years have we been doing this? And how many years have we had these conversations after after the first round of the playoffs or or well, other teams are still playing hockey and here's Toronto and here's Leafs Nation still sitting around, you know, looking for answers. Well, what are the answers? The answers are you're going to have to make a move and you're going to have to make some big moves and they're going to have they're not going to make everybody happy, but they got to make the team better and that's what we got to focus on right now. So I mean, you're going to have to give to get, and that's the market we're in, and that's the world we're in, especially with COVID. People are going to want to make sure they get back in return. So, um, you know, you kind of see it with the Casperi Kapanen deal. It's just the same thing, right? Like, you got to make sure you're getting a return, and every team's going to want a return. So um, nothing's going to be cheap. No moves are going to be easy, but moves have to be made. So, um, I mean, at the end of the season, you got to kind of look at those players you loved all year and say, well, Either you're going to be here next year and I'll have to love you again or they're going to be gone. But that's just the nature of the business. And uh, I think that's just something that's it's inevitable in Leafs Nation and then we're going to have to, to endure it uh, eventually. And I, 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 I so hope it's not a Morgan Riley or, you know, anybody like that that we've grown to love over the years. But uh, in all reality, it, it could be. And, and if, if the return's right and we get what we need in return, then 
I'm not going to sit here and say it's a bad move or, or uh, like, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, it's still hard to deal with and hard to swallow. So uh, I don't think we're done seeing any big names move yet. I think we might see another one go yet, uh, maybe two, um, depending. I mean, they've already also said that, you know, uh, the big cup CC might not, will likely not be back and whatever. So um, they'll definitely have to find some guys, some minutes in it, and find roles for people in those roles. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see, but I don't think we're done yet. We'll break down the cabbie deal in just a sec, but I'm going to throw this one out here. Here's a yeah. hypothetical that's floating around the internet. It's gotten a lot of attention, obviously. You know, the site DeanBlundell.com threw it up there. Um, it's Andreas Janssen, a, the first acquired from the Pittsburgh Penguins, and um, Timothy Lilligren going to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for Colton Pareko. Um, would you be comfortable in that deal? Uh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. And I, I've, I've thought about it. I could be, I could, I could be, but I mean, again, this is where you're, now you're giving up youth for uh, one asset that you're expecting to still fix multiple issues, right? So, um, well, you get, here's my thing. You get Colton Pareko. He's 26 years old. He's got two years left yeah. on his deal. You look at this factoid, the, uh, the, the cap is flat for two years. So by the time yeah. his deal's expiring, hopefully the cap is going up. But then you look yeah. at your defense. You now have a bona fide partner for Morgan Riley. It's Morgan Riley, Colton Pareko, hello. And then you have yeah. Mr. Jake Muzzin and uh, Justin Hall, which seems to be a pretty decent shutdown pair. And then there's a lot of rumors out there about the Leafs wanting to go after Gudis. I keep hearing that name. Yeah, I know I, I, I spoke with... Um, with Ian Graff, obviously, uh, I know it's not his last name, but we'll go with that because that's what he loves. Yeah. Uh, we spoke with him, you know, I think it was a season and a half ago, about the fact maybe the Leafs training when he was with Philly. Um, now he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. That might be that sandpaper bottom pairing guy you go and get. And then you partner him up with a puck mover like Rasmus Sandin. Hello, bring him into the league with a guy that can protect him. out of Matt Martin with Mitch Marner when he first broke in. So you look at it, you do that deal. And then you look at your offense. You need a spot for Robertson to play. You might have already freed that up with Kapanen leaving. But then you have Ilya Mikheyev. And then you have a glut of forwards that you have that you want to try out. And don't even forget, we did sign Mikko Lettinen as well, who's uh, going to be a defender for this squad. Who knows where he fits in just yet. But he was the Swedish All-Star. He was the, uh, the league MVP, I believe it was. So you have these options. But I would do that trade. And here's what people will say. Well, you're trading for Colton Pareko, which is Andreas Janssen, who was a seventh overall or a seventh round pick. And then you have basically Timothy Lilligren, who was a first round pick. And then you're trading a first round pick. So you're basically trading him for a seventh and two firsts. I mean, that seems a little steep. But at the same time, if it gives Morgan Riley a bona fide defense partner, rock solid for two years, and then you're able to resign him. I don't know, man. That that might be the way to go. Well, and this is like uh, something like I was alluding to in the, in the previous conversation we were having. There is, you know, like at the end of the day, um, we might like, you know, it might seem like it's a little steep, but what is it doing for our team? And that's what we literally, and that's what the not we as fans, but least management really has to focus in on. Is what is it doing for our team? Because we've seen, we've gotten guys that can band-aid holes that just it's not getting the job done. You know what I mean? We need we need a, we need players that are going to come in and they're going to help fix our system in the way we do things, in the way the way the way the Sheldon Keep wants to do things, and the way Dubis envisions this team. It has to fit the mold of what we're trying to do here. We can't just be taking players to get rid of players anymore. We, we're over those days, right? So I mean, 
Does Pringle, does Pringle come in and make a difference? Yes, I, I do. I do believe he will come in and make an immediate difference on the blue line. Um, he's proven. He's been through it. He's you know he's played he's played hard minutes and he's played played against the biggest teams. So I don't doubt he would be a great addition. But as you said, a seven to two first. Are we really giving that up for a twenty six year old defenseman with two years left on his deal? I mean, it's tough, right? And I. I you, you can you can make cases for it on both sides. Like you know, I I would love to see it done, but at the same time, I'd love to see what Lilligren and, and what that what they could become. Like you never know, right? Uh, they're still young, they're still growing, and they haven't had their full shot um, with trying to break the team as well. So you're weighing out what it's going to be for your team and what we have left to fill afterwards. And and I mean, right now, I think I, I would take the deal just because I I, I know our defense has been atrocious as of late and and we've always needed uh, that little bit of a top those top we need to set our top four on defense and I think that's one thing that's been a big issue among the Leafs going like in the previous years there's been no true solidarity on the blue line of who's number one who's number two and, and then we fill in our third pairing right so we really need to get a staple of like you know you got your top pair your second top pair and then we can fill in the third pairing, but we really need to get a top four that's going to go that's going to go out and battle hard every night and give give those guys chances to win and, and help their to help their goaltender, right? So, but when it comes to that deal, man, like I I don't know, Jay, like I I can see it, I can see it, I can see it happening, and I could be okay with it. But what happens if those two become <laughs> you know bonafide? Yeah, yeah, and you just you know like what do you do? And that's I guess that's why Dubas and those guys get paid the big bucks, and that's why there is to project to project where these players are going to end up. But I, I look at it, I look at this. And you, you're talking about why they get paid the big bucks. I look at the deal that Kyle Dubas did, did, just did for Casper Kapanen, trading him over to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and a lot of people are, and even their GM said he'll probably slide in. You know, either playing with Malkin or Crosby. Well, hey, what a boon for a player. But here's the thing. They've tried that over here in Toronto with Casper Kapanen in the top six, playing with John Tavares, playing with Austin Matthews, and for a little bit it worked, and then most games it didn't. He looked like he was out of place. Um, he was great on the penalty kill, but he never really had a home within this lineup. He wasn't a bona fide top six player, um, but he almost seemed too skilled to be a bottom six player. Um, maybe he goes to Pittsburgh and flourishes, I don't know. But you look at Cappy, and he just wasn't fitting. So the deal was right to get it done. To get a first back and Hallander and everything else that you came in that deal, I mean, not bad. Not bad at all by any stretch of the means. Um, I look at that first-round pick, and, and a lot of people want it included in a trade. And, I mean, we were just talking about that hypothetically a moment ago. But you look at it, and I say that 15th overall pick in the first round may net you something you need, whether it be a goaltender prospect. I know we got a couple in Wall and Scott now, but you look at a player like, um, you know, Justin Barron or anything like that to, to shore up your back end, and he may be available when they pick with their second-round pick. But I, I yeah. like the fact that there's this is a deep, deep draft, and I've watched Justin Barron with the Halifax Mooseheads, and he is someone I want the Leafs to get. His hockey IQ is high. He can use the body. He can move the puck. So, I mean, I want to see them do things with these picks, not just now, but for the future. And everybody says, well, we're building for now. Well, guess what? You have a lot of talent right now. But here's the thing. Talent ages out. Players get older. You need that next fresh crop coming up. And that's something the Leafs had for a while. You look at them touting about the roster in the playoffs. A lot of those players, I think it was 11 or 13 of them, were from the Marlies. They were Marley graduates. 
So that shows you your farm system is producing things. So if you can draft well and develop well, you can use those players as better assets in future trades if you're doing that. You look at the Sean Dursey trade when they went over and they got Muzzin and they got Campbell and what they've given up to get those players. People say, well, they they never played in the NHL, but no, but the Leafs made them appealing. They brought them along and got them to the point. So maybe using that pick on a player might be the better option to get you something more down the line. Who knows? But I think what Kyle Dubas got, and I will say full marks for him, what he got for Kapanen was great. And whatever he's going to do next, I'm sitting, waiting, excited, because I want to see them shore up the back end, which he said he's going to do. And it looks like for the first time in a long time, we have a number one goalie in Freddie, which guys, stop trying to trade this guy to town. He loves it here. He plays his ass off. He's a workhorse. And he hasn't had a competent, competent, wow, can't speak Monday, backup since McElhaney. And even when he had McElhaney, Babcock wouldn't play him enough to give Freddie the frickin' rest. So now you have Mm -hmm. Campbell and Anderson that can run and take the table. So let that run next year. See what happens. See where Freddie is when the playoffs roll around. But everybody wanting to trade everybody else and fire Dubas and fire Keefe. I mean, get off the soapbox. And this nonsense, this nonsense, hang on before you jump in, this nonsense about wanting to add Bruce Boudreau to your coaching staff. I know Bruce Boudreau is a great freaking coach, folks. I know he is, but guess what he is? He is a head coach. He is of the Babcock ilk where he'll kick players in the ass and he's growly and he's snarly and he's that kind of coach. We just ran that guy out of town. Nobody wanted him to be the coach of the Maple Leafs anymore. So why are you clamoring to get another one of them behind the bench when it's going to add the old too many chefs in the kitchen? Jen, I wish you were here because we'd play on your name with this one. But there's too many. There'll be too many cooks. You had three almost NHL coaches last year. Well, great, but those play, those coaches were not as established as Bruce Boudreaux. And you can't tell me Bruce Boudreaux coming in to be an assistant coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs will not have aspirations of wanting to be the head coach. You can't tell me that. And you can't tell me that his pedigree and his mindset is going to be what is best for the players and Sheldon Keefe. No, he's going to want to be able to get himself ahead and hopefully land another head coaching job. And hopefully it would be with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't like the idea. I think it steps on Sheldon Keefe's toes if it happens. Could he be good as an advisor or maybe in the front office or something of that nature? Yes. But behind the bench with Sheldon Keefe, I think it is a freaking mistake. But everybody in Leafs Nation is so excited for it. And I just say, we just ran that guy out of town in Mike Babcock. Why do you want a second coming? Yeah, and I mean... coming to Toronto and possibility. Um, I mean, but like you said, he's not an assistant coach. He's not an associate coach. He's a head coach. And he will be a head coach, and that's just what it is. Um, would it be great to have his knowledge behind the least bench? Yes. Would it be Would it be nice to have, you know, possibly have that 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 stern voice with uh, with a Sheldon Keefe? I, I do, but at the same time, I don't see those two um, styles of coaching meshing well together, and I don't see it working better for the team. Um, you know, in that sense, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the, the least, like, you know, the management, everybody, like, we have to, we have to debate, we have to decide whether, you know, whether he 
whether you want to fix the glowing problems or you just want to keep band-aiding things. And I'm going to be the guy. I mean, I love Freddie, okay? And I, I'm steady Freddie all the day, all day, every day. And I love that guy. He's a great goaltender, but he has not produced for us in the playoffs. Um, whether that's the team in front of him, whether that's uh, lack or, or just exhaustion from playing too many games, um, whatever that case may be, uh, it's... It hasn't gotten done. And at the end of the day, when you're looking at all these other teams, like you look at a, at a Corpusalo or, or, or a Carter Hart or, or all these other gold, they're stealing series, and we need a goaltender that can steal a series. We need a goaltender that can steal us some games. When Freddie's on, he can be that guy. But Freddie, like, to see him consistently do that night in, night out, it, 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 it wavers, right? And, you know, you, you, you can blame your defense, you can blame your forwards, you can blame your coaching, you can blame your system, but at the end of the day, you got to stop pucks, and we need pucks to stay out of our net. Um, and, and I'm going to be that guy. There was some soft ones you let in during the, during that little tournament and, 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 and the series against Columbus. And, you know, those are you know, those are all things that, that, that come down to the big decision for Dubas and, and wanting to trade him, but you can't trade him for just anybody. And I heard the reports that, you know, Jack Campbell is ready to go, and Jack Campbell is a stellar number two goaltender. I love having him as a number two. Um, he, you know, you can be confident that he can step in and take a game and, 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 and give give your, your starter a, a rest. But at the same time, is he really your number one goaltender? Are you really going to put him in at number one and have a, have a, a Kaskasuo or a, or a Scott or a J- Joseph Wall sitting behind him? I will, tell, I will tell fans, Kyle, I'll let you get back to your rant in a second. Yeah. I will tell fans to look at the L.A. Kings. And look yeah. at when Jonathan Quick went down and Jack Campbell was the goalie in net. I talked about this with Dennis Bernstein a couple yeah. of months ago. He was not the number one goaltender you look for. Yeah. He is a goaltender that plays well in the backup role, a la a Curtis McElhaney. Knows his yeah. job, knows how to do it, can get you wins like you said, but he's not going to be that number one. Now, can he blossom yeah. into it? I don't know. He's a little bit older. He's, what, 29, 30 years old. So yeah. I don't see it. I see him being what he is, and that's a backup. I'll let you get back to yeah. her. Yeah, no, and, and that's exactly it. And you're exactly right. You know, like, he, at the end of the day, he's going to be, you know, he's not hes not a number one goaltender. And if he was a number one goaltender, he would have been a number one goaltender by now. And he's had plenty of opportunity to take that job, um, as you said, in L.A. And, and everything else. But he can get you the job done, but we still need a stable in the net. And now... And who else do you bring in? I mean, at the end of the day, Freddie Anderson's been the cream of the crop that we could have, and, and I mean, he's he's been outstanding. So, do you do you get rid of him for anybody? No, you got it. It's got to be a, an upgrade I, in my mind. I mean, you can't let him go just for for a pick and say, yeah, Campbell, you're going to be our guy. That would just be the stupidest move in the world. So, um, I mean, it, it's hard. Are you going to get anything better than Freddie right now? It's tough. I mean, Freddie. He shows you. He can be that top goaltender. He can be that top 10 NHL goaltender for you. Um, but he, he, he struggles with, with keeping it together in the long term and down the road, right? So um, you look at other goaltenders and you, you look around the league and you go, I need, we need a goaltender that plays like that in the playoffs and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's tough, man. I, I, you sit here and we can go over everything and we can dissect everything. And, you know, you can you can sit here and say, well, this player will be better in this position and this player would do better over here in this place. And, but at the end of the day, they still got to show up and play, right? And, I mean, you can make all the trades in the world, but if the team don't mesh and the team don't gel, then you're going nowhere. So That's it. Well, the, the interview I got up right now that just dropped last night with Tim Boyce of the Halifax Max, that's exactly it. We talked about team chemistry and same thing with yeah. Paul Day of the, uh, the Wings over in the National Cross League. We talked about building a team. You know, skill is great. 
But, you know, you'll take a guy with a heart every day of the week because you can mold him and work with him. You know, a skilled player that doesn't have heart, doesn't want to play the way that you want yeah. him to, it's not going to work. Chemistry is huge. And if you got one well, bad apple with skill in the room, we know what happens. Hey, Phil Kessel, how you doing? Come on down. Exactly. Well, and for all you hockey fans and people that have watched hockey movies, like, look at Miracle. Like, look at that. Look at Herb Brooks and what he did. And literally, he could have had, the, like, you know what I mean? He, he, he wanted a team that was built on chemistry, built on meshing together and being a team. You can go, you've seen all these all-star teams. You can put an all-star team together and they can do absolutely nothing because, you know, skill doesn't always beat chemistry. You need to be able to work together and work as a team. It's a team game. Um, you know, hockey, you're not going to have one guy that's going to walk through five guys every shift out and score goals for you. So you have to play as a team. You need a team to play together. And if, if, you're, if you're looking at just based on talent, that's where we're going wrong. And, you know, in, in a sense, that kind of seems what that's what we were doing. Like, you know, we have Austin Matthews, we have John Tavares, we have Morgan Ryder, we have a Mitch Marner, we have skill. There's no way, you know, you have a William Nylander, you had a Casperi Kapanen, an Andre Johnson, you have speed, you have skill. You have a, you know, top 10, top 15 goaltender in, in Freddie Anders, but it's not getting the job done. You're still losing first round every year. So where, where does skill have to give and you have to build on chemistry? And I think that's kind of where Toronto's at now. And, you started to see them making those changes and trying to bring in people that will fit the system and fit the roles, but, you know, I think it's time for a full overhaul, and I think it's time to, uh, you know, really, really blow this thing up and, and give give some other guys a chance and bring in some other talent and see what we can do. So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, I hope Freddie stays. I love Freddie. I'd love to see him have a redemption year and come back with a full season and just tear it up and, and be that top goaltender and earn a big, 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 big payday for himself, but... At the end of the day, I, I, I'm not fully confident that he can get, a, get it done in the playoffs for us, so I wouldn't be totally sad to see him go. Listen, I, I look at it like this. Like I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not that cynical. I'm not in that boat where I want to blow it up. I'm not in that boat where I want to see Freddie go. I, I think everybody, like I keep saying, man, park your biscuits, okay? Take them out the sure. oven, put them back to cool because they're not cooking right now. You guys are, you know, there's a lot of people that are jumping on that wagon that just want to go, 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 go and get everything traded and, I look at it like this. How long did we suffer not having a number one center? Now we have two. How long did we suffer not having a bona fide good defender? We have one in Morgan Riley. Now maybe two in Jake Muzzin. Obviously tough nose, ready to go. How long did we suffer after Eddie Balfour went out? And how many goaltenders did we go through and hopes have dreams and know everything with James Reimer, the smile, the nine yards? Everything kept getting crushed. So we have Freddie. This is what I say. To Leafs Nation, this is a, an open forum to you. Listen to this right here. Give it next year. Stop your negativity. Pump the brakes. See what moves are made. See what happens at the draft. See who we sign in free agency. But give this team next year. Give this team a full year of Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas working in cohesion under a full training camp and the ability to limit Freddie's games even though he wants to play and giving... Jack Campbell, more starts to have arrested Freddie. And you look at her, what's going on around you. The Boston Bruins may no longer have Tory Krug or Zdeno Chara on their lineup. So you look at those things and you say, well, what can become of it? What can happen for next year? Next year is the year we judge everything as Leafs Nation. Next year for me is the barometer, the measuring stick, whatever you want to call it. Because next year... You can finally say, you had your coach, you had it your way, everything was done by you in the offseason, 
You set up all the dominoes. You made the trades, the signings, the whole shebang. So if it doesn't work next year, then Kyle, I will gladly, gladly wave the flag to blow it up and trade whoever needs to be traded. It was brought to me on the weekend about Austin Matthews, and I vehemently disagreed, but a lot of people are of this. Austin Matthews, apparently, to some Leafs fans and diehard ones that are older than me, doesn't want to play in Toronto. Doesn't want to play here. His heart is in the States, and he wants to play for his hometown. That's what so many people say, and for me, it is a media-driven narrative that people have latched onto. Austin Matthews, I think, loves playing for the Maple Leafs, loves playing under the spotlight, loves having the big light shined on him for everything, because look at everything that comes with it. But there has to be a give and a take with that, and there has to be someone to reel him in, and I think this season you will see that. What used to make me very excited about Austin Matthews was they would ask him in the offseason a couple seasons ago, what are you working on, what are you doing and his answer was, I'm watching Sidney Crosby videos. I'm watching what Sidney Crosby does on face-offs because he got better. I'm watching what Sidney Crosby does along the boards and with the puck and watching where his eyes go and how he does things. That got me excited. But I didn't hear any more of that the next offseason. I didn't hear any more of that the offseason after that. But I can tell you exactly what Austin Matthews wears what watch company sponsors him, what car he drives, and the fact that he likes to rollerblade and get in trouble. So there needs to be something reeled in there. But the narrative that is forced out there, that you need to blow it up, and that Austin Matthews doesn't want to be here, like I said, park your biscuits, take them out the oven, put them off the cool, because we're not baking today. You need to let this team breathe under Dubas and Keefe for one year when they're together and let everything ride and whatever happens at the end of that season, then you make your decisions. But right now, I don't think it's the right time. I mean, I look at teams firing coaches or GMs, you know, because of what happened in the bubble. This is unprecedented circumstances. So unless you were going to make that move to begin with, don't make it out of haste. And I look at the Chicago Blackhawks when they lost to the Nashville Predators and they blew it up and it set them back. So just look around, see what's happened it's happened before. It'll happen again. Just watch. Listen and learn, and you can figure it the hell out. But Jesus, the negativity yeah, is killing me. Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, every, every year, you know, you can make a case and a reason, oh, well, this should have happened. And this. At the end of the day, we all forget Sheldon Keith took over, you know, partway into the season. And, and know, brought them back to a playoff team. And that's what I mean. And you still got to remember, he turned that around. A whole new system, a whole new way and style of playing. And, and they, you know, they, they did thrive. They had the, those nights where you're like, yeah, this team is going to be a dominant force. And all the skill up and down the ice, you're not going to be able to slow it down. But when you see what a team finally gets, and our problem is not being able to adjust. And I think that was one of the big things with Toronto. Is if we couldn't play our style, there was no other way we could play if we got lost. And you've seen that with Columbus. Columbus, they just walked us down. We just we couldn't figure out how to get to the middle of the ice anymore. But you know what I mean? Like, but the game that we won, the game that we won and dominated, even when we were up 3-1 before we blew that one too, we had figured it out. We were doing yeah. the right things. We knew how to do it. It's just like, it, you know, they get so complacent with the lead that they're like, ah, they're not going to catch us now. But ha-ha, here you go. You lost. You know, so they know how to grind it out. They know how to do it. It's just the consistency. 
And that comes with age, experience, and just maturing. These guys are still young. That's what I don't get from some people. I don't know, and I'll say it again, I don't know about you, but from age 18 to 25, I was not the most mature cat in the woods. So yeah. I'm telling you now, let these guys freaking grow, man. It's going to happen. Leafs fans of one thing before we get ready to wrap here. Mario Lemieux arguably one of the greatest players of all time. Didn't make the playoffs with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think it was his first eight seasons. Didn't make the playoffs. One of the best players to ever lace them up. Did not make the playoffs. Let alone have playoff success for that long. I think it, don't quote me, I think it's eight, anywhere between six and eight seasons, I think it was. It was in, in that window. So you look at what the Maple Leafs have done. These young guys have made the playoffs. So now they're learning under fire. 
So if one of the greatest players of all time didn't make the playoffs for that long, you can hold your breath for a little bit here, guys. You can understand that these guys are going to grow. There is going to be pain. But when these guys, like you just said, all step into their prime. Look at William Nylander last year. Took huge steps offensively. You look at Mitch Marner. He's going to be able to get better. Matthews getting better. His, His goal scoring, his release is only getting more lethal. So you look at these guys, they are taking the right steps. Did we have success in the bubble? No. But we did push the Boston Bruins two years in a row to Game 7. So let's just take a minute here and understand these guys are young and they're going to come. And this is not an excuse, but just hang your hat on that Mario Lemieux line for a moment and realize one of the greatest didn't make the dance right away, but still went on to win cups and have a great career. So just take a minute and let's see what happens next season. But guys, this has been fun. It's almost been kind of cathartic to come back and just un you know release, let it out, vent, talk about the Leafs. So next episode, we will be doing more of an NHL kind of around the loop, talking about everything that's going on, mixing it up. Hopefully get Jen back in the loop as well. But Kyle, man, it's been, it's been great to have you back on and ready to rock and roll, buddy. Yes, sir, buddy. Well, just like you said, it's, uh, it's been nice to get on and vent and, uh, and be able to bounce some uh, some topics off of you, sir. And uh, like you said, uh, hopefully we get Jen back. And uh, to our followers, uh, we're back. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. Have yourself a great right, day. There you have it. There's your Offside Hockey Talk for Monday, your listening pleasure. Obviously, most of you have been listening to us on Tuesday. Just want to say again, we are proudly brought to you by Muskoka Spray Foam Insulation. If you need your home spray foamed, check out msfi.ca today. And also proudly brought to you by Highland Custom Builders, your vision built custom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the episodes are up. They're ready to roll. Check her out.